Podcast, oh. aka the Black Winner Rally Podcast. Oh, you be rocking with anybody else in the world right oh. now, but you're here with us. Oh. But that, we appreciate you. It's your mm. man, pleasure. Alongside my main man, B. I got reasons, million reasons. I got reasons. Yeah, that's that's the hotel last first. Um, hey, hey, everybody else besides players. <laughs> What's up, man? What's going on, man? I'm good. How you doing, bro? I got reason. <laughs> no, nah, I'm straight, man. I had some oatmeal this morning, so I'm gonna be a little bit more charged up. Usual. Leave McDonald's on the weekends. Huh? Say what? I said oatmeal. That's what does it for you, huh? Hype. You hype? Got going on? Very much, man. Just trying to hold it down and uh, make things happen. That's it. True, true, true. And then, uh, why sporting adventures this week? Um, nothing too crazy out there, ordinary. Um, had two games this past Friday. Uh, for the for um the young buck, he did shoot a three and made a three. So, really? Yeah. Congratulations. I. I tell him not to shoot threes, but you said you didn't teach him, huh? So you didn't teach him how to shoot threes. I tell him not to shoot threes because he doesn't shoot it with good form, and I want all his shots to be with good form. So well, I can't hear you for some reason. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Uh, uh hold on. Back to chat. You hear me? What's up? I hear you. I hear you. Well, I could, I could hear you, but. Love for comfort. Anyway, now you say you didn't want to shoot threes because of what, man? No, I wanted to be good for him. I love his shots. And so, um, if, you know, if it's, he can't, I mean, he can make them from there, but it's not, he's like forcing it. So I don't want him to get in the habit of forcing bad shots. Oh, two, two. Yeah. Take these anyway, champ. <laughs> How many took? They just took that one and made it. Yeah, he made one, so he's one for one right now. So, thousand percent. There you go. I was just telling me, uh, he don't shoot no more. He don't have that that shooting <laughs> record. Or be like Shaq. What was it like? Ninety three with Shaq made like three the whole season or one, something like that. And he only took like two. Oh, Shaq be having weird stats like that. Like spent seventy thousand dollars at Walmart. One purchase. And it's like wow. a world record. Really? Yeah, something crazy like that. I'm sure it was a philanthropic effort, so. No, it wasn't. <laughs> he said he was he was moving apartment. He was moving to uh Phoenix and uh he was he did he was impatient waiting on his stuff to to show up in town. So he got an apartment and just one night just went and just bought all the stuff he needed for the apartment. Oh wow. And it, you know, cost seventy grand. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like we don't have like tall tales like that very much anymore. 
you hear like those tall, legendary, mythological statements like Wilt Chamberlain's hundred point game? Um, I think we get uh so many different things coming at us that we're just kind of conditioned to stuff not being as big anymore. I think with social media and information moving so fast and we get inundated with so many Probably different miss it. that it kind of takes the uh the effect off of it because we hear so many different things all the time. So mm-hmm. that's my interpretation of the situation. So hey, hey, I don't know. I just know I feel like you know, like them stories we get about Jordan hunting dudes in the middle of a game. You know, just feel like nobody's talking about those as much or something. Uh, like I saw this uh, this video, uh, I think it was Friday or yes, where it was like all the legendary trash talk moments from Michael Jordan, and it was just an interview, a bunch of clips of NBA players talking about what they heard or saw Jordan do. So I was like, yo, do we have a lot of those for – I know some stuff about LeBron is starting to come out. You think LeBron trying to like leak those out to the press so people can put him up there with, with Mike? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Le- LeBron is very strategic with how he interacts with the media. Mm-hmm. And his team is, is definitely strategic with uh, the word, with, with the message that they're trying to deliver to uh, to the masses. So I wouldn't be surprised if if LeBron is trying to um, you know, make sure that his place in history is solidified, you know, as, as being, uh, I mean, I, I think Jordan does that as well. We were talking about that earlier this week in the chat about Jordan's brand all of a sudden being on everything in the NBA right now. So I think to some point, uh, all these celebrities do it to maintain relevance and to, um, you know, keep their name, uh, echo throughout these streets. So, mm. now you got me thinking like logically about it instead of just you know like tall tales. Like you know like Dion used to have tall tales about you know we could think of a bunch of people. Dion, Bo Jackson. Uh, I just felt like our generation does doesn't have as many. But yeah, you're right, it could because you just hear so much crap. Probably missing it, or and I guess people don't believe it. Now, why we feel like everybody's a part of mainstream media? Now that we're talking about like messaging and branding, like who isn't a part of mainstream media? Yeah, everybody. I mean, anytime you can, somebody, any somebody can get whatever word they need to get out right away. So, I mean, in effect, that makes them mainstream media. Are we mainstream media? Because we got Wi-Fi. And a Facebook account? Hey, man, all it takes is one tweet, one video to go viral, and all of a sudden you're... Part of the, part of the mainstream media. Yeah. Trying to brainwash the public. But that's the thing, is that the... It's crazy because the barriers of entry are so low right now to where anybody can, um, you know, gain the, the attention and the hearts and minds of the masses. Mm-hmm. But it's also a double-edged sword because you i think the the media companies have to compete to keep people's attention and they sensationalize a lot of things or you know they just continue to give us stuff that's gonna hit ratings as opposed to um you know 
fair and balanced conversations. Like so. that one dude saying racism, America, not a racist country. What that dude's name was? Uh, Tim. Uh, yeah, Timmy. 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 Timmy yeah. Did somebody pay them to go out there and say that? I don't think anybody paid him, but I I do think that he is the only black uh, man in the Senate right now. And I do think that it's common practice for when one party is in office that the other uh, party always does a rebuttal to the presidential address. And I think I think the the the, the same party does address as well. And yeah, so I, know I do both sides get the rebut, but. But I do think that, um, you know, with him being the one uh, black person that is a part of the Republican Party, the Republican Senate, that I don't think it was a coincidence that they sent him up there to deliver that message. Um, what you think? So, what you think they were trying to trick their followers into believing? That- no, I mean, I, I, everything is. I mean, right now, everything is, is them setting up for the midterm twenty twenty two, and then setting up for the president presidential election and um 2024 so every all all of this is posturing um for you know those next elections and so i did you know we we spoke the results of the last election to where you know more black men um did vote for 45 on the last election so i think they're trying to continue to build off of that uh, momentum um with the candidates that they that they uh, put before us. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this if this is is this is the person who they nominate for the uh, presidential you know, joint. The, or, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised. Wow, I would not be surprised. Um, I mean, I, of course they they keep hinting that forty five might run again, which yeah. you know, but we'll see if if you know who they put up. But as I said, it's all it's all a ploy to one keep them employed. And two to uh, keep the power in their hands, so can't be surprised by much. I heard a new Republican, uh, conservative, excuse me, because you know you can be Republican and not be conservative. That is like oxymoronic. But uh, yo, what's a different word for conservative that we can use? Because I'm tired of hearing conservative, right, left, Republican, GOP. Like I feel like our vocabulary is shrinking because we. Just keep leaning on the same crap. I mean, I, I think that's the thing. I think that um, the problem with the labels is that it you try to say, all right, people belong to one of two parties. And I think what's happened nowadays is that People once they belong to once they belong to one party, they can't see anything objectively from the other party. And I really, really, um, and that's one reason why I, you know, remain an independent of any parties because I try to see things objectively. I try to hear something and I say, oh, what does you know? What is this a person who said it? What party are they a part of? No, I try to hear it and say, does this make sense or does this not make sense to me? And um, and so I, I think that's the thing with labels is that that's one reason why we, why people stick to labels because it's um, just re- reducing people to is because it, it's a way for them to frame whatever argument they're trying to make at that time. Mm. Now I've, I've been been uh, just been thinking about that a lot lately because 
I got. I think I told you. I told you last week. I know something. You know, Rev talking about a lot. It's like, man, even if you're a Democrat and labeled a left person, a lot of black people got some really conservative values. You know, quote unquote conservative values. Like, we believe in God. We believe in church. <laughs> we want family. You know what I mean? Want to work yeah. hard? Want to wake up in the morning? Like, did you grow up in a household where your mama let you sleep past twelve o'clock on Saturdays? Because mine didn't. No, I mean, but but that's the thing, like, and, and I think that's a dangerous thing uh, of labeling do. people reductionist labels. Yeah, when we when we label ourselves and when we try to pigeon when we subconsciously pigeonhole ourselves to any party or any ideology to where it doesn't it doesn't give us any wiggle room for us to say hey nah man i'm not rocking with that like i don't you know i don't i don't agree with this i don't agree with that but a lot of think a lot of people you know they find themselves in a identified group and they're like oh man so this is what we're thinking. No, no. How how do you see this situation? So you think um, you think group group think or that's yeah. just worst called tribalism, where yeah. uh, we just kind of get pigeonholed into whatever the group's thinking. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, as I said, you know, before um, Republican Democrat or whatever, me, I identify. You know, I'm a Christian. You know, before either one of those or whatever, mm-hmm. so. I'm a filter, you know, my thoughts through that lens yeah. before I filter it between, you know, a political lens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think that um, that kind of gets lost in it as well. But definitely, you know, as I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to front the last administration, 45's administration, whatever. I, I really couldn't get down with <laughs> much of anything. <laughs> Um, but we got more but, black millionaires now thanks to Trump. It might be like two extra black millionaires, but for some people, that's the only metric they need. But I'm pretty sure that with the trajectory of of black people, I mean, every four years we're going to create more millionaires, millionaires. no matter what, <laughs> no matter no matter who's in office. Like I'm pretty sure oh, so we're just projecting to make that happen. Oh, so that's just um, a weak a weak ass <laughs> weak ass standard of measurement. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's that's what that's what that's what these black conservative fellas out here saying, man. We got more millionaires now though. Why Trump was here? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have the mindset of becoming a millionaire, you don't pick and you don't say, all right, well, because of this president, become a millionaire because of this other person. Now, if you have the mindset and the mentality of creating millions for your family, you don't. Whoever's in office, you don't. It don't, it don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So we're just out here shooting down Republican strategies and political strategies left and right. Because I've just been thinking a lot about this in the last couple of weeks. All of these groups, you know, they have these group think. Maybe, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know that they're in a group, right? But, you know, the people sitting outside looking or people sitting up high looking down. What's that macro? Have these. Um, the further you get away is. And macro, the the, the closer you get is micro. Yeah. Yeah. So these macro views of like these demographics of people, like it's just, I've been thinking a lot about like the the way social systems are working now, like institute, social institutions are starting to 
reshape the way that their public facing beliefs are. And one of them is like white churches, like the white church, you know, like that, that block of Americans. Right. And, you know, even black church, but specifically white and black. Matter of fact, I can cut that in half. Just churches in general. Like, not that there's this, well, there is kind of like a campaign, a campaign to try to redress and address the hurt and the, the wrongs and the traumas that have been responsible for some of the black traumas that you might have as a black American. And I've been seeing a lot of different organizations, uh, churches, and, and, and groups inside of the church start to try to address those black traumas. Like say, hey, look, that was wrong. We're sorry. That that wasn't God. It has nothing to do with our belief system. I mean, I know that happened 20, 30 years ago, but we're here now. We're saying that was wrong. Can you forgive us? We would like to try to start another relationship with the non-believer or the black believer. And I was thinking to myself, as that was happening, um, I was like, okay, so now that this is starting to happen, the, the wheels are starting to get rolling in this motion, what will the black American that is anti-church, because, you know, not necessarily atheists or anything, but just anti-church, what will they start to do then with the label of a church person once this message reaches enough people? Because it's they're really trying, like white people are trying, um, some people that you could label politically conservative, but it's again, it's just Christian. They're out here putting out messages, like all of these really big organizations inside of like church America are coming out and saying, listen, what we did in the past was wrong. We're sorry. So I'm like, yo, what, a, what, a, what are the black people going to do with that new label? Like you can't say that we can just reduce church stuff down to a tool of oppression for black people to remain slaves. They're like, no, we, we know that was wrong. We're apologizing. We're sorry. We know America did use the Bible to do that. That was wrong. We apologize. We want to, can we try again? So I'm like, okay. So just, I've been on this like whole journey of just like stripping labels. I guess I just always been like that, but just it's annoying how much, we relay, we rely on these lazy reductionist labels like left, right, conservative, liberal, GOP. I'm just like, I'm tired of the word. And we start having a more dynamic conversation about, since we have to deal with groups, I guess, groups of people. Cause, uh, your boy Jimmy Clyburn. Out there in South Carolina, acting just like Timmy Scott from South Carolina. Two black men. Uh, I know they're both conservative in some aspects of uh, traditional, in some aspects of the family life and family structure, but they just have some different political affiliations. I'm like, I think both of them stupid. One just happens to be a Democrat. One happens to be a Republican. I think they both dumb. I think they both need to be removed. They're both black. To but me. that's the thing, though, is that you you have, like, 
when I'm watching TV and just say like CNN or something like that or whatever, mm-hmm. I wish they would just let somebody say something and say what state they represent and don't put that little uh, that R or that D or R. Yeah, like let them lean it's, on policies. Like yeah, like just let me hear what they have to say. And if I rock with it, I rock with it. If I don't, I don't. But I don't want to be like, oh well, they're you know they have an R next to their name, so I'm automatically supposed to disagree with everything they say. Right, right. Or they right. have a D. I'm supposed to automatically agree with everything that, that that person says, whatever. No, like you said, there are people on both sides of the aisle that that have good ideas and bad ideas, and we need to hear them hear their ideas out for the merit of the idea, as opposed to um, you know the party that that person represents. Now let me, so, let me let me so I, I mean I I feel you on that to where I, I do think we need to stop labeling people and stop putting everybody in a box and really just, um, you know, have a, you know, be a little bit more open-minded and say, Hey, you know, what this person's saying has some merit, what this person's saying is having merit at all. So yeah, in terms of, yeah, in terms of trying to get understanding to make progress happen for the whole of humanity and the, the goods of life be available to more people. Yes. Uh, but again, why to show you who they is. You know, do what you got to do accordingly. Uh, I know this is this has been on my mind a lot because, you know, like I said, I've just been uh, one of the conversations I had with my dad is about, you know, we all got information, but less of us have wisdom, and even fewer of us have understanding based on the information that we all have. And I was like, dang, that should be the goal of the information. It should lead you to understanding, and not more misunderstandings or disagreements. I know I'm not saying, you know, I'm not on this, this re- Republican strategy to heal the nation and come together and just forget about everything that happened prior to January 20th. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, maybe I'm saying they should shut up and listen to us. <laughs> but uh, just be where I've been at with it lately, just trying to figure out what, what can be done to get come to some more understandings. Because... Uh, I'd be trying to listen to the other side. I guess I don't know if I would technically be on one side or the other, but it's it's kind of hard, man, when you when you try to listen to them. I was listening to two debates earlier today. Uh, it's a lot of black men out there that are trying to hold space for people with opposing viewpoints to come on to their show, other black men to come on to their show and have discussions about things that are polarizing. So, for example, like Mark Lamont Hill, He's on the Black News Network. Then um, there was another guy. I got to get his name. It's like Doctor Robinson or Doctor King Robinson, Robinson King. He's a black dude. Oh, Doctor Richard Ritchie. Um, listen to two discussions. They both had a separate discussion or debate with a black conservative person, quote unquote. And uh, one, the you know, Mark Lamont Hill, that yeah, Mark Lamont Hills discussion was centered around the Tim Scott uh, comments and the uh, Dr. Richard Ritchie, his conversation was around uh, the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter organization. And so, you know, both guys were talking to people that, you know, politically, I guess they disagree, you know, in that particular aspect of black Americanhood. And I was like, man, 
these conservative representing people, they're they're not giving people chances to be a whole person. They're trying to break everything down into like these six talking points. And I was like, how is anything good supposed to come out of that way of thinking for the for the collective good? No, no individual and brothers are straight. You know what I mean, oh, that's just some of the stuff I'd be thinking about. Yeah, we think we're gonna tackle the uh, the concept of the words "fat" and "ugly" being forms of bigotry. Being forms of bigotry? Yeah, because I think we're already there. Because I personally hope it never comes to that. Because I would like to continue to use the phrases. <laughs> um, um, no, I'm getting a sense. Like, let me ask this: Do you feel like it's now a form of bigotry to call somebody fat and or ugly? Can no, we say that? Can we, we? I'm saying, but where can we say that? I mean, <laughs> as I said, one day we're gonna have a show on on fragility and how people are just easily offended by everything, absolutely everything. We, we do it now. We listen. We got a whole but, lot of space and time. But um, but no, nah, I mean, fat and ugly, nah, because. I'm saying, uh, like, when is Biggie said, ugly as ever, but however, <laughs> I'm saying I, so. Yeah, like I, because the only reason I asked that, I see my, uh, I see one of my aunts in the chat, and uh, I said something about that, like maybe three, four years ago on Facebook, and she like, boy, you cannot call people that. And I was like, wait, when we, when did we have to stop using those two words to describe people? I was specifically speaking to Ugly and Tacky in the post. I was like, you know, how do you tell somebody that they they tacky or ugly? She was like, you you can't do that. You can't say that to people. So how do we how do we do it? I mean, as I said, they're not nice words. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that you just go out and say it, but <laughs> to rise to the level of bigotry. I mean, do you know what bigotry? Do people understand what bigotry is? I don't know, man. Break it down. I, I I'm saying maybe maybe the word's been watered down so much yeah. to where it's like, oh, big bigotry. No, no, no. Bigotry is that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> like bigotry is not something small. So yeah. to feel a certain way about somebody's appearance is like totally different than you you just being out and out to get somebody okay so we got we do have a thing like i just don't think it rises to the level of bigotry okay so would you say fat shaming is like lesser than big okay so let's say i think you would assume you would agree that fat shaming is less than bigotry right but there's a a growing sentiment that you know we shouldn't focus so much on how much a person weighs or how they look in terms of, you know, speaking on them in public, like on social media. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I agree with you. Yeah. But then there are some pockets. I, mean, I like calling pocket I dimensions. Name call, I don't think people should name call because I think that's like the, the, the that's the easiest uh, way to do it. Like, but our, president, our, our, our last president did it all the time. Well, 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 well you dumb. Uh, like, no, uh-uh. Like, you say something that I don't like, I'm going to counter your argument. I'm not going to come up with something, a name to call you. I think that's like the 
just the easiest response that you can possibly come up with is just to call somebody a name as opposed to addressing that person and addressing exactly what you don't like about what that person said. So I just think it's, it's kind of a weak response to just, um, you know, just call somebody. like take, take for instance, right. Um, Jason Whitlock is a controversial person. Mm-hmm. Um, black guy who's, you know, who kind of leans on the conservative side. So a lot of things that come black issues or whatever, he kind of takes the counter issue with, you know, adverse to what a lot of African-Americans believe. Mm-hmm. And so whenever he says something, the first person, somebody, the first thing somebody says is, Oh, he fat. It's like, <laughs> he's fat, but are we going to rebut what he said? Or are we just going to, yeah. yeah. And, and he'll be the first one to say, yeah, I'm fat. Like he like, he'll be like, yeah, I know that, but <laughs> this, 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 and this. And so one thing you can say about Jason is that even though a lot of people don't agree with him, he, he like, he, he's thought about what he said and he's going to have, um, you know, you're going to have to debate him. Yeah. yeah you're going to have to debate him. You're going to have to debate him. You're not going to be able to just, uh, shame him and, and call him a name and then, and then expect him to, Oh, my bad. I'm a back down. No. So I, I just think that's an example of, you know, anytime somebody um, just resorts to name calling, I just think it, I just think they don't have um, the ability to, to argue um, whatever it is point they're trying to make at that time. So you think, you think, uh, cause I, I'm using this new thing like pocket dimensions, like these little small pockets of the internet or parts of society where, Something there's there's like this whole world happening, this whole ecosystem, social structure that's popping up that you could be totally oblivious to. Like, you know, what I mean, it's not that it's not mainstream or that it's countercultural. It's just a part of the internet that nobody knows about, right? So, like an example of that would be this uh, this singer that I stumbled on on a TikTok on the social media, and I liked the song, and I went to look up the person. I was like, wait. I knew I wouldn't know the person because I didn't recognize the voice. But when I, I was thinking it would be somebody that had like 10, 20,000 followers on like the Spotify app, but they had 20 million followers. I was like, whoa, this person got 20 million followers, monthly listeners on Spotify. So I was like, okay, that's when I came with the concept. Like this is a whole nother world that otherwise wouldn't be familiar to me. But yeah, I think the internet provides that for you. You can find whatever group, whatever group or whatever thing you identify with. Yeah, you can you can find that. I mean, Facebook even made a like has made commercials about that. Like the most you know crazy things that people can think of. It's like you can find a group for that on you know on Facebook yeah. because there's other people. So you can whatever rabbit hole you want to go down or whatever uh, group you want to be a part of that echoes exactly what you think. And, and, and that's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. You can find a group for that online and you can be stuck in that echo chamber and only hear what, what it is you want to hear um, what, you that, know, from other people. What you were saying like that, that one part right there, this is why I brought the pocket dimension up, but I guess the barbershop, is a place where it isn't an echo chamber. 
It's like a place to sharpen your debate skills. No doubt. But but it's a pocket dimension. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't be a certain type of person and then walk up in the barbershop and expect you to leave happy. You could leave with your feelings hurt, your blood pressure up. You know what I mean? Frustrated. Like, because that's a place where it's always a debate going on. You could leave with less money than you yeah, came in and outside and of just. Say it again. I mean, but that that's the that's the beauty of it is that it's a place to where people can bring various opinions and, and thoughts and come to debate them out and to, um, you know, see how other people feel about things. And as I said, I I don't know how it is more so now because I don't necessarily, um, you know, I I go I still go to the barbershop, but the barbershops that I go to don't have that that same feel like that the, old element like they did before. Yeah. Um, there is one barbershop to where like every few months I'd be like, man, I just need to be with my people. Like I'm gonna go there. Um, I'm gonna hang out and, uh, I'll just get an edge while I'm there. Like just yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the price of admission just, <laughs> <laughs> just to, <laughs> to the debate. Uh, yeah. Cause um, so, I was like, where, where, you know what I mean? Like I know some stuff, you know what I mean? Like a little sensitive, but it's kind of turning people into, you know, we, we kind of let people off the hook in a lot of ways. And this, this is like back to my whole revelation or just highlight of black people actually are quote unquote conservative because if you went into an actual space where black people are not performing blackness, they just going to, you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff that, quote unquote Republicans be preaching and they and they stump speech. Like, you don't know no black person that wants to have a baby out of wedlock. You don't know no black people that wanna be homeless or doesn't want to get training or doesn't want to have a family that they could provide for. Like, what are you talking about? We want that's just human nature. That's the very most basic element of all humans. We all want safety, shelter and community. Yeah. And, I mean, like, and that's the thing you have to remember is that um, black people were aligned with the Republican Party until the early to mid 60s to where um, kind of the New Deal came into place. So if, we, if we're looking at it historically, um, you know, our our values lined up with the Republican Party until about that time. And, and the New Deal kind of swayed us to the, to the democratic side. And ever since then, we've, we've been, you know, a lot of, a lot of black people have placed their loyalty to the democratic side since that time. Um, I mean, there's, a, so, there's a lot in that. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in that shift, but it was definitely because yeah, yeah. <sighs> of racism so, and white supremacy. And you, and you have to look at, you also have to look at um, when that time when we were kind of aligned to to the Republican Party, and I mean, and a lot of people feel like the word conservative is more in line with Christianity because that's kind of the the life that, um, as I said, once again, the labels. The yeah, labels, the label. The, I, I think the labels are misappropriate. Yeah, conservative 
is, is more of a label with Christianity. And at that time, the, the, the black family was um, a lot stronger at that time. And so, as I said, in this, just listening to um, black people who will uh, go to bat for the Republican Party, they feel like the black family structure and blacks as a general have digressed since aligning. No, they, they think uh, they think we don't want those things. Their whole thing no, is no, they think we don't want to be married. We don't want to have children inside of the union. Like that's their that's their number one thing. They think that the Democratic Party has duped us out of those things. Yeah, that, they, they, that, that is what they will say. Yeah, they do. That the Democratic Party has duped black people out of, uh, you know, it, it is misaligned their their priorities. And it, it hasn't. And the, like, there's you're not going to walk up to a black person and tell them that they don't want a family. They don't want a house that they can afford. They don't want a traditional family. Like, if they say that, you got to ask them, how did they come to that conclusion? But who do you know that does want to have a home with both their parents? Who do you know that, what man do you know that wants to be married but doesn't want to provide for the family he made? Like, nobody wants that. So I think, you know, just, you know, addressing that particular group of people, that's a you're you're disconnected from humanity. Like you have to ignore a ton of anecdotal evidence of like you you just don't know nobody. Like like you said, you're in an echo chamber in real life. But to play devil's advocate here, don't we have to look at uh, statistics and results to that? You mean outcomes? That. Yes, you can look at outcomes, but the outcomes they don't. But they don't. But what what fun would that be? Because we could look at outcomes if we start looking at outcomes for just us, like you know, just like this particular thing, like marriage rates falling and all of that. You gonna have to then start looking at the marriage rates for white people. White marriage in general has fallen off since the sixties. Like it's not just black people. You know what I'm saying? So then you know, white people ain't gonna sit here and say, "Well, I wanted to have a baby out of wedlock and I wanted to be a single." They're not gonna say that. So then. This, you know, devil that you're representing would have to then. I don't think anybody's going to say it. I don't I'm saying like nobody, nobody, no healthy, well-adjusted. Pretty white. What was that? No healthy, well-adjusted individual doesn't want a traditional family. Like since the beginning of time, everything is based on relationships and providing so that you can maintain your relationships. Like that has never changed. No society is out here doing that. So to that devil's advocate, I would be like, okay, you can look at the outcomes and say that there are more single black parents, you know, per capita. Cause if we just want raw numbers, white people would kick our butt in that, but that's cause there's more white people. There's four and a half more time, four and a half times more white people in America than black people. So if we just want to be disingenuous, I was like, well, there's more women on white people on welfare. There's more white single people. There's more white divorcees. Like, if they, if that's what they wanted to do. But then if they went, well, yeah. let's go per capita. I was like, okay, now let's look at why. If you get down here in the muck and the mire with those people and ask them, why are they not married? 
Why are they single? Why are we getting arrested? Then you're going to have to face some realities that go against the stuff that Fox News is saying. Nobody wants to be in the black people don't want to be overrepresented in all of these dire statistics. Nobody wants that. So if you ask a black person or I guess somebody that represents non-conservative, non-traditional values, ask them why. Ask them why. Like, nobody's going to say that they want it to be that way. Like, even homosexual people, that's anti-traditionalism, right? They still want to get married. They still want a family. They still want a well-paying job. Where are you going to go to find somebody that... Let's, let's take it even further. This is a really explosive topic. Transgender persons, they still want to get married. So... Now we have to ask if, you know, if we give a shit, because, you know, I personally believe people like Mitch McConnell just don't give a shit about humans. You're going to have to ask them, well, what's stopping you? Why aren't you doing it? Since we know you want to do it, what is stopping you? And then there's going to be some people feeling real uncomfortable about the responses they get. Like, that's the problem. So when I see somebody saying, oh, black people... You know, they need to stop voting Democrat because the slave mentality on the Democrat plantation. It's like, you stupid. You, you have to ignore the most basic understanding of people to come to that conclusion that motherfuckers don't want to be married or that we don't want welfare and jobs or we don't want an education, whether that be or your public institution or two-year training school, technical schools. We want the training. So why aren't we getting it? Oh, it's because you don't want to. That's wrong. You just proved that we want it. Well, you ain't working hard enough. Again, that's wrong. <laughs> I'm going to work two jobs when I was in middle school and high school. She worked from 7 to 3 and then 3 to 11. You going to tell me that's not hard work? She was a nursing aide. You going to tell me that's not hard work? You going to tell me she doesn't want to improve her life? That's, that's, that's the argument you came up with, Mitchie? Because she, she don't want to be married? That's, that's the argument you came up with. That's based on her marital status and her income status and that she has two, three children and she's not married. You boiled that all the way down to she's lazy. That's the only thing you got left. So you have to lie to yourself to accept or you have to be an inhumane motherfucker to accept that data. It's not the case, bro. I got you. And, and I was saying, I think that's the thing about when people just reply back with, um, you know, these one word critiques or these one word labels. labels yeah. Yeah. As opposed to saying, all right, um, <clears throat> what's really going on in this situation and, and how can I, um, understand what this person, where this person is coming from. And then right. I'm going to um, offer a critique or, or a counter argument or whatever. What do I need? What information do I need to put together to make sure that, you know, um, mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, is accurate. And what I'm saying is, is the truth. People so. don't want, like I heard a new thing. This was the first time I heard this in a while. Well, it's the first time I heard it, right? 
um, those two debates, Dr. Richard uh, Riley, Rashad Riley, excuse me, and uh, the guy he was debating, the guy says, uh, well, they, they both agreed that um, skills training needs to be put back in the public schools. We need to go back to giving kids technical training and technical skills before they get out of high school, right? So they both agreed, and then they both agreed that uh, college is putting everybody in debt. They both agreed on that. The guest of Dr. Rashad Riley said, well, I feel like college is a big scam because he went, he went back to this reductionism stuff. Liberal lefties and Democrats are teaching people that they can get any degree and be prepared for real life. And so Dr. Riley was like, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's not boil this down to people making bad choices again. Like, there is no time in American history where one degree would solve all your problems in any time period in history. Like, there's no one degree that's just going to make you straight if you get put in different aspects of American history. So he's like, you can't tell a person that because they chose to get a, a law degree in 2020 that they, they would would have been straight in 77. You know, so it's like everything for them is, well, you, you made a bad decision. That's why you're in a bad space. Okay, what if they had bad information? Right? Is that ever... Ever brought up? Oh. Or that was the only that was the only option or decision to make at the time. There you go. There you go. Like what like Chris Rock said, hey, a man is only as faithful as his options. If he got more options, you think people are gonna exercise better options, right? Like it's gonna take you a while. Like here's an analogy I like to use. I guess I know it's like a joke on the internet. But uh I saw this meme that says, if you're traveling with me and all you want to eat is chicken tenders, don't come with me. Right? Like, I'm not, don't come with me and ask me, let's go eat somewhere we can eat that we got back home. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's a joke or whatever. Everybody like, kiki. But then I was like, I know some people that stick to the chicken strip dinner at the fancy restaurant because... They've had experiences eating something other than something that was fried. Because basically they're saying fried food is safe. I know people, like, there's a whole swath of people. Uh, if I got any Haitian, Haitian friends in the chat that can help me get this accurate. But they have, a like, a large swath of their diet is cooked the way that it's cooked because of traumatic experiences in previous generations. And so you're going to tell that person, you know, oh, you just lazy or you want to eat this bad food. It's like, well, we have to unpack some traumas before we can get that person to see that there are other viable options in their diet. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's why a lot of black people ain't going to church. Got a lot of church rape. Got a lot of, you know, molestation. Got a lot of infidelity. Um got a lot of deceitful people that are just trying to manipulate. You got all that kind of stuff. And that's just the microcosm of 
people being together. But now we have people that are attributing churches with things that just happen in social institutions. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, rep and do good. That's, that's one of the pejorative terms that you hear a lot. They're talking about uh, black people in church and inside, inside and outside the church. I'm like, that was that one relationship. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we got here. How are we doing the black women's right? Shout out to Randy Watson. Sex and chocolate. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Uh, he, I know. You, I saw you text you twice in the, in the chat, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Randy Watson, sexual chocolate, uh, the venerable sexual chocolate, uh, McDowell's. You mean the the, the OG franchise? Uh, again, go check out that new location in Zamunda. I heard they got Wi-Fi and a, uh, a iced coffee bar, so you're gonna check that out. And also check out they make flurbies. So I don't know, man. I I just, at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> It's just some stuff I be thinking about. Like I'm like, yo, I don't know. I guess that's that's just flat out prejudice, man. Like I know I got some some blind spots that I got to work on. Because again, no, but I think aligning with a group, I think what it does sometimes <laughs> is that it makes it easy for people not to do their own research, or it makes it easy for people not to seek answers themselves. They just like, all right, well, whatever the group says, I'm a rock with it. And yes. People don't do say, all right, well, how do I really feel about this? Does this um, does this align with what I really believe? Or, you know, is this something that's going to help me, my family and, and my community as a whole? Um, you know, even though everybody's is going going along with it, how does this really, you know, affect me and my people? Listen, man. Um you forgot one thing I, I was I was hoping you got to. Do I want to get to know somebody else? Like, just the humanity in somebody else. Sure. I mean, because at the end of the day, I'm sure all parents want their kids to have a better life than them. I'm sure all parents want their kids to have access to the resources that they need to get that better life. I'm sure all parents want their kids to be safe physically and emotionally. I'm sure all of that is the same across the board. And if you find some outliers, which I know you will, you got to ask that person why. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be based on some trauma. But you ain't going to find nobody that's healed from their trauma, well-rounded, well-adjusted person that's going to say something different when it comes to in terms of family and livelihood. And my sister to my watch out style bus because <laughs> McDowell's coming for him with the iced coffee bar. Uh, <laughs> uh, Costell told me we need to bring back the Dick Gregory diet drink. Y'all silly. <laughs> but no, nah, man, just like what are some, some labels that you guys are annoyed by out there in the chat? Like, well, I guess we got here because we were talking about how annoying labeling somebody liberal, conservative, uh, left, right, even Republican and Democrat, because that doesn't encapsulate the entirety of the black experience either. Because you have two brothers here that are registered independents, or I think I'm non party affiliated. Is that, is that what you were saying on your card? I don't know. Yeah, mine says no party affiliation. But I just, yeah, no party. Yeah, I don't, I don't, 
don't love anybody either. Oh, just in fairness, so let me let me show y'all how impartial we are. Kamala Harris said this week that America is not a racist country, but we do have to address the racist legacy of America. That's double speak. Everything she just said still boils down to America being a racist country. Yes, she's pandering to both white and black Americans. Yes, she's in a position where she has to cater to both sides. Yes, we can be upset with that. Yes, I am upset with that. But I, let me say, I wasn't even upset because I know what she's doing. I'm not making excuses. Could have just not said anything at all, but I guess you had to address it. So, so the people yeah, out there. I mean, as I said, like like what I was saying about Tim Scott, because he basically it started from him. He said it during his rebuttal to the presidential address. Mm-hmm. And so the question came up to her. Um, she was asked to respond to what Tim Scott said in his address. And basically she said the same thing that Tim Scott said. Um, but in the same thing, in the same sense that I was saying, Tim Scott was saying that to position himself uh, for the midterms and also for the 2024 presidential election, whatever, she's doing the same thing. She's trying to position herself because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the only way for her administration to stay in, in power and to stay in office is for her to get votes. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that she knows that it's nobody wants to be uh, called racist, even though they're <laughs> even though sometimes they, they fit the description. Yeah. So I guess um, from, from her, from her positioning in that way or whatever, she it's had to do her. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to turn off any. Yeah, she had voter. to do it. But let me. Uh, so, but I'm saying, but it's it's. But you can't say that and then bring up a bunch of facts of how of uh, contrary to what you just said, though. I mean, like, but that's that's essentially what she did. Like she, she that, that is double speak. Though. Yeah, she she did double speak, man. So one of the old heads, uh, Doctor Greg Carr, uh, but. To Crystal's fact, yes, she has the panda because she's everybody's vice president. And this, I'm going to double speak here. Wow. Yeah. There's only 41 million black people in America. We know 100% of us don't vote. We know that there's 150 million people that participated in the previous election. So even if she came out, again, just in her position, even if she came out and said, America's a racist country, you from the cutoff. Woo! Finna cut off some of them black people and most of them white people. And then the three or four votes you would have got from white people in general, they probably won't get cut off too. But uh, Dick, I still got thinking about Dick Gregory, Greg Carr, Dr. Greg Carr. He's like, man, I understand what you're doing. You got to pander to them six or seven white people that's going to vote for you in the next election. <laughs> six or seven. Because hey, that's all it is. It's only going to be like six or seven of huh? <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, but you know, man, I, I think about it a lot. There's only what we like 14, 15% of the population in America. Yeah. And some days I go, but dang, is the you NBA. Remember, we, we are a part, we are not the largest minority group. We're not. And then even that 13, 14% of us, we're not monolithic. And so, like, uh, we're not all the same. And so, 
sometimes I think about the NBA and how they're trying to make sure that we're represented fairly. Uh, I was like, yo, I can see why white people probably don't want to listen to this stuff. You probably don't want to look at none of this stuff. Because, you know, as, as much representation as we're getting from the NBA, and if 100% of the black people watch, there's still only 40 million people. And that's not 41 million devices. That's just 40 million people. Yeah. So, like, in terms of business, I like, yeah, some days it, it might not be a good thing to, to be so Afrocentric. You know what I mean? If, yeah. Again, if you in the business of just trying to move units, you know what I mean? And, and I think we touched on it last week, but that's what Stacey Abrams was addressing um, when she talked about not only the All-Star game that was going to be held in, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but also people saying that they were going to boycott businesses that were based in Atlanta because of the uh, voting bill. I'm not sure if you, if you, if you no, read the article. Um, but basically what she was saying is that, um, you know, with MLB pulling the all-star game, they pulled a, the all-star game out of Atlanta in Atlanta's 51% black. And so you have to believe that the businesses in Atlanta are, are, you know, they suffered because they saying that's a hundred million dollar impact um, to the business community in Atlanta. And so just say we split that in half to where, you know, 50% of black business businesses would have gotten that, you know, that, that just $50 million, um, you know, that's, that's a huge impact, especially from a lot of businesses that were hurt due to COVID. Yeah. So the, so the MLB pulling the all-star game out of Atlanta in some instances hurt the city of Atlanta because you're taking it from a, a city in Atlanta that's 51% black to Denver to that's 9% black. So you said it's nine percent black, nine percent black. <laughs> so who's going to benefit from that hundred million dollars or whatever? You go from fifty, just say fifty uh, million would have impacted the black community mm-hmm. to where nine million might impact the black community in Denver. So, yeah. and, and that's what she was saying. It's not just that, but she was like, "Oh, Coca Cola's in in Atlanta. Oh, we gonna boycott Coca Cola." She's like, "Yeah, but Coca Cola is one of the biggest employers of you know." in Atlanta. So you, so you're, that's, that's where it is like a, yeah. So you're, you're, you're allowing a voting bill that black people didn't want to hurt black people. Like, like, so, so you got it. Like you're saying, it's a tough position. It's it's a tough position. Cause, uh, that people that did not, that are opposed to the voting bill are some of the same people that are being affected by people. Um, you know, people, that want to boycott around the bill. Right. So, so, uh, as I said, so do we, business. do we consider that a, do we consider that a worthwhile gesture by the MLB as black people? Like now, what is the stance that we have to take on the, the, the move by MLB? Like given what you said, what do we do? Like how should we feel about the MLB taking that? Cause if you're not a business owner, as, as, you see what I'm saying? Like what do we do? You're not a business owner, you still I'm saying, but you still want the businesses in your community to thrive. Like as I said, I I I have a cousin who's in the transportation business in, mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. He was looking forward to the All Star game mm-hmm. because it brings him business. Yeah. You know, like he, he's in the transportation business. People need to be moved around and you know, high high profile people, you know, need to get places or whatever. 
So that's the that's a good chunk of business um in, in his business. The right. All-Star game's out there, that's business he can't rely on. Right. So yeah. you know, so as I said, I it's the gesture is nice and it, it makes a point, but as I said, there's a business component to it and there's a a real life component. And I think it, you know, there has to be a balance of saying, all right, um, you know, have the, and, and, and one thing they were saying is that, oh, it was going to honor, honor Hank Aaron, who, you know, was a civil rights, um, you know, icon in Atlanta and stuff like that or whatever. That's a t- that was a tough move. So, so I mean, it's, it's, so, it's, let me, it's, so let me, let me, let me, tough. let me play super, super distrustful black man in America. Them crackers ain't wanted to be here because they ain't want black people to get no money, so they took it away. What, they wouldn't have awarded it to them in the first place, though. No, I'm just saying, but like you know, till you you married about the uh, the Stacey Abrams perspective, right? Oh, MLB ain't want the black capital of America to be making no money, so they took it away and told us. Oh, because we support, we don't support the voting rights bill that just passed. Like, what do you say to that? If that were the case, they wouldn't have awarded the the, the MLB All Star Game in the first place. They would have just said, "Nah, we're not going to have it there at all." Hmm. Or what if they would have said, "Why not take it to Houston?" The second, <laughs> the second black. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? This this is the this is the the, the angry conspiratorial. I don't trust nothing America do. Or anything that happened inside the borders. Why didn't if they if it wasn't about Atlanta and black people? Why didn't they take it to Houston or Oakland? They both have franchises. Yeah, Chicago. But no, nah, anyway, that's just me goofing around. But uh, nah, man, that listen, man, some some real issues out here, cuz it's it's some tough stuff to think about. Um. Well, that's the thing you can't you know cut your nose off to spike your face so um i i think uh that's the thing about oh man the the long term you know what's gonna best serve people long term um you know as a collective mm-hmm. you know that's an example of you know people making a point and 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 bringing attention to a situation but also driving away um you know, dollars. resources. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, man. Like we, we, one day, I guess we got to get into like how state budgets are financed and taxes and how those are you know, generated and decided and allocated and what that does to the black community. Um, like that opportunity zone thing that, uh, you know, Trump and his homies like to tout, um, yes, it sounds good, but first and foremost, if you just put it under the microscope for half a second, where are these opportunity zones? They're in economically depressed neighborhoods, which are overwhelmingly black places. And then second, when these businesses come in that want to provide opportunities to the neighborhood, it might employ a hundred folk, but it's making it so that living there isn't a feasible thing, even if you had a home there for 20, 30 years. Now the price of living there just skyrocketed because, you know, these investors came in and just started 
taking advantage of the opportunities. Like, it's, those are some really complicated issues. Like, like you're saying, do we want to take the 30, 40 jobs at the expense of grandma losing our house? You know, like, that's the thing. If the opportunity zones were only available to certain people, but of course people would say that's, you know, uh, discrimination, reverse racism. <laughs> <laughs> And, but you open the opportunities though. So basically what the government did was they just did everybody's homework for them. Yeah. They said, Oh, these are the areas where you need to where you need yes. to invest. Money. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> Suppose that somebody finding their own the own uh their own opportunities though. They're like, nah, we identified them for you already. Just that, go ahead and and, and hit over that cash playboy. Hey, and, you, uh, know, <laughs> you know what you know what they call that? I said I, I, I said this uh, earlier this week. That's more socialism for the rich. Yeah. Like the government did all the work for you, intervened and told you, listen, don't worry about it. Don't spend your money doing market research. We'll just tell you what the market research is. Here you go. And then told poor people, I know, nigga, get out the mud, nigga. Capitalism, free market, small government. It's like, come on, dog. Y'all swear y'all be slick with this this socialism for the rich and cold hard capitalism for the non-rich. Um, one day we'll talk about that, too. I'm going to send some memes in the chat. But uh, I don't know, man. Hey, man, how are people doing down there with the, the vaccine thing? Is it? Are you seeing a lot of people in and around you that are making declarations about their stance on the vaccine stuff? Because I, um, I asked that because I've been seeing like people. I'm shocked at the amount of people that is getting the vaccine. It's like way more than I thought it would be. Like the trend is going towards getting the vaccine as opposed to not getting the vaccine. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, majority of people I know have gotten the vaccine. There have been a few people that were like, "Nah, you know, they're not, they're not going to, um, yeah. you know, touch it or whatever." And I think those people are a little bit more vocal than the people who are getting the vaccine. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the the, the the balance there. Yeah, but I would probably say eight. Out of ten, nine out of ten people that I yeah, know yeah. Are, are getting the vaccine and right. and have already gotten it and you know and and moved on or whatever. Yeah, still got those vocal people that are like, nah, nah, nah. It's like, <laughs> right, don't do like, it. Yeah, you're like, you know, at this point, it's kind of like in the train for to keep rolling without you. Hope you're safe, but no, nah, I just yeah. I brought it up because uh, me and Drew was going to the farmers market yesterday, and I was just. I, was, I think I was on Snapchat or something. I don't know where I was at. I was on my phone doing something. And I saw like three people posting that they got the shot. And you know, you know people take pictures of the card or the Band-Aid or whatever. And I was like, there's a lot more people getting vaccinated than I thought. You know, just in my social circle. There's a lot of yeah. people getting like at work. People are like, oh yeah, I just came from getting it. I was like, oh. I was like, okay. Well, maybe, maybe this, I don't know. It was a primary, these are all black people, by the way. Yeah. I don't know any white people. I mean, white, I know some white people. Girl, don't we know some white people? <laughs> don't laugh, that's not a joke. I've got white friends. Yeah, I mean, I think I got a white friend. <laughs> My friends are white. <laughs> yeah, so I know like three white people that's not racist. Hey. Who's that joke uh, talking about three white people have been to my house and be like, what were you counting and cut them off? Like, <laughs> I feel like I got a lot of white. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Let me see if I go through my phone and see if I text a white person. That'll tell me if I have white. 
No, seriously. I want everybody to go in their phone and just scroll through their text message feed and see if they text a white person. Does Polo count? I don't have to do that. No? But you work with I'm them, though. Sure. You, you can't count yes. co-workers. Nah. Let me see. Let me see. I'm in a. I'm, I told you I'm in an accountability group with. Uh, oh yeah, you did. So you did. We get together every week, so. I'm almost at the bottom. We're halfway through. Can't look too hot, man. Duh. Okay, no, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't have any. But I have a, a very diverse group of black people in here. It's not that diverse if everybody's the same. <laughs> They're not all black. You know, some of them Jamaican, Haitian. Yeah, I mean, that don't count. Some from New York. Some from California. That don't count. No? Oh, I got people that are half white. Yeah, this is this is pretty. Oh, well. All right, well. Hey, should I fix that? <laughs> I mean, I think you should do what you naturally do, man. I vibe with who I vibe with. There you go. That's what they're. That's what the internet's be saying. Good, only good energy over here. <laughs> anyway, man. Hey, man, y'all, it's been real, man. We we had no specific topics we wanted to address. I guess we just kind of dipped our toes in a lot of the little. Topics this this week that came up come up in the news. Um, yo, one thing I did notice that Drew pointed out. We don't talk a lot about Nas making business moves. Uh, when in the Jay Z Nas debate, he would be more of the left leaning of the two. Some people wow. won't have. Oh wow, know that. Uh, exuberant B just said in chat some people would lose their job if they're not vaccinated eh. Eh. yeah and I saw where um, Clark Atlanta Spellman and Morehouse yeah, the that students back on on uh, campus if they're not if they're not vaccinated so but that you know that's that shouldn't be surprising we couldn't go to USF without vaccination records you know mm-hmm. More of that liberal free education stuff. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. All right, y'all. Well, appreciate you watching with us. Unless, pleasure, you got anything else you want to dive into? Just nah, man. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right, y'all. Uh, share, share, share. Like, subscribe, repost. Thank you for joining us, and uh, see you next time. Yo, peace. God bless.